Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of The Instance is brought to you by Audible at audible.com. With over 180,000 titles across all types of literature, there's something for everyone at audible.com. Audiobooks for your ear holes. To get a free 30-day trial, go to audiblepodcast.com slash wow. That's free 30 days at audiblepodcast.com slash wow. Yes, hello. You're listening to The Instance. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Instance. This is The Instance, episode 438, and it is Friday, the 12th of February, 2016. I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by... Well, let's start with Patrick. He's in Finland. It's an hour later for him than it used to be. The poor guy. What's going on, Patrick? Uh, you know, some Overwatch here, then some Overwatch there, and mm. then maybe some more Overwatch sprinkled with just a little bit the right amount of Overwatch. Yeah, it's been a bit of an Overwatch week for me. There were so many goals I had in my gaming world this week, and none of them realized. In fact, we talked a bit about this last night with one William Dills Gregory also on the line. Hello, Dills. Yo, what's up, guys? What, happened, what happened to all that uh, Hearthstone you were going to play this week? There's going to be a ton of yeah. that. <laughs> so, I actually, on the stream, we were, I was, we were having a whole conversation. Formats were here and all this stuff, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and push for Legend this month. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. Let's just do it. And then it was like a day later when Heart, uh, when o- Overwatch came out, and I have not played anything but Overwatch since then. <laughs> you, I, I you, think level 20 or yeah. something like that. I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. Well, you hit, I think you hit legendary vote at the end of a match with Torbjorn once at least. So there's your legendary. <laughs> there you month. go. Yeah. I am legendary. It happened. Yeah, it did. We'll talk more I about know. that game. Actually, a lot about that game uh, here coming up on the show because the beta is back and we're we're all back. And it's great. And I can't stop playing it. It's all I want to do, really. I can, I feel like the, maybe the least productive week of my life because of this stupid freaking game. Yeah. Um, but or the most productive. Yeah. Um, depends lots on how you look of turrets at it. are being built. Tons yeah. and tons of turrets. Yeah. Turret production is up, everybody. <laughs> yep. Way up. It's through the roof. Yeah. There's uh, there is no listen. If you're into the if you're getting into the turret industry, it's a I'm bullish for your success. Booming. Yeah. yeah. Invest now. Anyway, we'll get to all that in a minute. Uh, but before we do any of that, let's get to some news, I suppose. Uh, Blizzard had their earnings call yesterday. And this is a, a, a not, a, well, I don't know about a bleak reminder, but a reminder nonetheless that they are no longer disclosing WoW subscription numbers. Uh, they said last time they, that would be the last time they would do that. And they did not uh, fail to keep their promise. They didn't talk about those. So one can only speculate as to where the World of Warcraft numbers are currently. We'll uh, see. Yeah, I feel like well, I feel like they may break their rule when they're going up. Yeah, because if you notice, they're not shy about what the Hearthstone is doing as far as numbers. No, so. they're not even shy about how many people are signed up for the beta for Overwatch, but don't actually have beta access. Yeah, which is a when the numbers number. are like really cool and impressive. Yeah, 
Like here they are. I I, I agree. Patrick, do you think? Yeah. Do I? Do you agree with that? A and B. What do you? If you had to estimate where they're at right now, where are we? Like five million? Like what? Where are we at in your mind? Honestly, it's really difficult. It would seem like the people, because the number didn't go down so much between the last two times they announced them, it would seem like uh, the people who are still playing are super hardcore and are going to keep mm-hmm. playing. So maybe it didn't go down too much, but uh, it's really difficult to, to tell. Um, the thing about announcing new numbers, I don't think they will do it. I think they might announce a sales number for an expansion. That is yeah, a possible. possibility. Um, but I don't think they will uh, announce subscriber numbers because if they announce them when they're going up, then they're kind of implying that if they don't announce anything, it means they're going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's possible that at, right after the launch of the of an expansion, if they're really good, yeah, maybe they're going to mention you know we're back to eight million, nine million, whatever, whatever it is. So, well, hmm. we we have we we do have word on when Legion will launch. They expect to launch it this summer, and they say it will be after or following the June release of the Warcraft film. Uh, that's surprising. yeah, that's not that's not much of an announcement because it uh, because they're doing uh, pre sales. They have to give a, a date, and I think the date was already summer, hmm. which means uh, before se- September twenty first. I guess so. I predicted either it to be closer or right on, or maybe even a bit before for some reason in my head. Okay, I don't know why I thought that though. I mean, I don't have any basis for that other than I don't know. From a marketing standpoint, it seemed like you'd want your your game base as energized as possible. And if they're in the middle of playing great new content, they will also be very interested in taking a two-hour break and seeing your movie with a little more gusto than than usual. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's that may be naive on my part. But anyway, they are doing that. Uh, June is the release of the film, so I suspect July probably, maybe August. Um, you know, summer extends that far. Maybe September. Maybe. I guess te- technically they don't have to until then if they want to say summer, but... I really think it behooves them to be quick about it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go much more than a month away from the film if you want to maximize hype on both sides. Well, yeah, especially considering another piece of news that we have. But yeah, uh, you know what I think Blizzard should start doing? They should start releasing their subscriber numbers and like how many SWO tours are currently playing. Yeah, <laughs> they should be like, well, we have six and a half SWO tours, so we're doing all right. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, actually, <laughs> I wonder. Mean deals. Do any of them report numbers anymore? I don't think any MMOs I, are doing that. You know, that. It, it depends on what's going on. Because I know, like Guild Wars Two, there's no subscription, but they did report like how many people had bought the box before mm-hmm. they stopped selling. Well, not bought the box, but bought the game before they stopped selling the game. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was like seven million or something like that. Right. Um. But yeah, I don't think anybody's really like caring about active paying subscriber numbers as much as they once were. I think it only happens in the first few months, like uh, yeah. this new weird martial arts one. What's it called? Blade and Soul. Um, yeah. They just reported 2 million uh, subscribers, but I th- or not subscribers, I guess users, concurrent users or something. Yeah. But that's, you know, that behooves you when you're new to say, ooh, new milestone, new milestone. It's when you start dipping backwards that things I, get I a little weird. I think the players who are considering it would be more willing to come along if it's, oh, I know there's people there. Mm-hmm. Because I think that is, with an MMO, one of the biggest things. Even if uh, maybe some of these newer games have slicker graphics and uh, you know a, a more recent engine and a cooler combat system, you know people just like World of Warcraft because they know they're going to go in. There's going to be people doing stuff. Yeah, um, and that still is true. Today. I don't want to. So. I don't want to peel away from this topic too quickly. But I just thought of something because you sound so good today. 
if Dill <laughs> sounds cr- more crystal clear than he's ever sounded to people at home right now, that is because he lives in a great future where uh, Google mm-hmm. Fiber is available. Yeah. And uh, it's embarrassing uh, to the rest of us how good you sound. So I'm I'm sorry for everyone else that they don't have this. And I'm sorry for like yesterday me. Yesterday me until the day I was born. All that period of my life yeah. was just like a dark fog <laughs> that I don't even barely remember anymore. Uh, because, yeah, I get a thousand down and up. Thousand down, thousand That's up, cool. two millisecond ping. Yeah. Embarrassingly low. That's crazy. So it's, it's better than thing. the fins. It's better than the fins. I get a thousand down, uh, 500 up, yeah. and four millis- uh, millisecond ping. Oh, oh my you, God. You, that extra two milliseconds, you're just, you just yeah, get so much it, more done. It, yeah, it's, dub- know, it's double. It's double. Think about it. I'm jealous up. of you now. Um, but, but the reason I bring that up is I wanted to ask you if you felt in all of the gaming you did yesterday... Mm-hmm. Which was primarily Overwatch. Did you did you feel any difference there, or was it? Oh, dude, my Torbjorn turrets mm. were like spot on, man. All day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, it's it's definitely noticeable. You can crank quality uh, for me because the streaming before was putting kind of a strain, not not necessarily on my CPU and stuff, but mm-hmm. just everything I was trying to do with it was like also trying to chug through the internet that my game was using. Yeah, and you could just kind of no. And really, what it is is when you're streaming, it's the up. That matters a yeah, lot more, yeah. and so when we are up is like ten megabits, yeah. uh, and then suddenly it's a thousand. Oh my it's Lord. like oh, none of this matters. Doesn't matter what I do here. No, uh, you can do anything. Good. Yeah, yeah. You and can... also just yeah, everything seems super crisp. Like actions, there's no lag with anything. Um, you 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 know shoot something and it shoots right away. Yeah, I'm so, guessing the hit rates are better. Everything's got to yeah. be better. Suddenly, I was much more accurate with Soldier. I don't know. <laughs> Well, that big 76 isn't on your back for nothing. Or actually, yeah. I guess you know, I was actually considering like, yeah, I don't know if I like this current apartment that much. And now I'm thinking, okay, well, unless I find another apartment <laughs> that actually has this, there's just no way I'm going to Exactly. They got I make, the I make all my moving decisions based on what the bandwidth is. Yeah. I, now I, I can never leave until there's fiber everywhere. Like yeah. I'm stuck. I, I really think it comes into, into people's decisions. I mean, I'm sure if you've, you can't go back to ADSL now. No. It's, it's no. impossible. No. Hey, no. Oh, obviously, because you it's it's your job now as well, so it's, sure. it's important. Sure, but sure, still, sure. No, it's an easily. I mean, well, also it's rather affordable. That's the other nice thing about Google Fiber. Here's the thing: Salt Lake City was announced as the second city. What are we doing, guys? What's the holdup? You got Isn't your, it weird that uh, Kansas City was the first one. Oh, I Isn't thought that Kansas bizarre. I thought Kansas City was. Oh no, you're right. They were yeah, and then, Kansas City was the first one. Then Austin. Then and, Salt Lake. And, yeah. Right. So it was just kind of bizarre to me. And the whole time I was living in San Francisco, I was like, why? What is wrong with us? Like, aren't we supposed to be some, you know, forward thinking, tech booming, whatever? And it's like, I guess, no, we just don't care. They're just Ubering around, delivering food yeah. for people and all that. Spending I, all our damn time on uh, Postmates or whatever and not worried about our fiber. Here's Google's what, right there. Almost right. everyone who works there. Here's my thinking. Like in San Francisco. Here's my thinking. They they it's just like beta testing a game like overwatch they yeah they trinkle it out to a place that is a, a broader base yeah. i mean like if if anything austin is a great example of the kind of metropolitan area they need to make sure it works in before they move to the new yorks and no, the san francisco that, that does world. make sense yeah i think austin seems to have very uh good infrastructure i've only been here for about a little over a month mm-hmm. but um like everything just kind of seems to work here pretty well. Barbecue, it's barbecue and infrastructure. That's what they're known yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, those, yeah. Those who would have thunk that like people who build stuff when they're just eating barbecue all the time, they're pretty <laughs> happy and they make it good. Yep. All stuff works good. That's right. Well, uh, anyway, 
Back to this. Blizzard reached an all-time <laughs> high for monthly active users in 2015. This means everything. Diablo, Hearthstone, World of Warcraft, all of it. Uh, this was fourth quarter. MAUs were up by nearly 25% year over year. So a quarter growth is pretty strong uh, for that. Which is why the whole numbers of WoW players like almost means nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. Because it Blizzard is fine. No, no one's... They've never you know, been finer. Like people think like this show, when we talk more about Blizzard as a whole... It's like, well, we've just kind of adapted and grown as Blizzard has, where yeah. WoW is not, we're not throwing, uh, you know, everything into the WoW, uh, you know, basket. Not all the eggs are in the WoW basket. Now it's like everything's in the Blizzard bucket. You yeah. Know, it's just like. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be all WoW basket. Like. Yeah. Now we've gone to bucket. now so, it's yeah. Blizzard bucket. <laughs> I like it. The BB. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's pretty impressive that they have a 25% increase year over year of monthly active users. And that is the, the number that really matters. We're, we're going to talk about this in just a second when we talk about Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, monthly active users is what you want, what you want, what you really want to be chasing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that from last year, uh, Hearthstone has become even more popular. And maybe to an extent, Heroes has played into this as well. Uh, even if it's not, you know, the world-shattering MOBA that some people might have hoped for, uh, I, I'm guessing it brought people who weren't used to playing Blizzard games to at least try it out, and some of them might like it. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, I think, I mean, I don't they're, since they're not getting specific about it, nobody really knows what their actual growth or you know what the relative growth of, of Heroes is as a free-to-play game versus Hearthstone or other things, but. Certainly it's well, lower. if it was if it was great, they would mention something. Sure, sure. If it was if it was better than forty million Hearthstone registered players, they would say <laughs> so. Um, I, I think it's uh, sits somewhere around four million or so, like active users across all regions. Yeah, which uh, my, I, I'd seen some I numbers. I think that's the estimates. Yeah, that's but, the estimate. and that's that's already pretty pretty darn impressive. It's just that yeah. you have the behemoths next to it with sure. you know Lull doing sixty million. Um, mm-hmm. That it's it's kind of okay. You're not the big dog. Yeah, but, by uh, all other still, by um, all other gaming standards, four million it's, active it's users is insane. Yeah. Like it's insane. Yeah. Like like I, they also reported that uh, Legacy of the Void sold, sold over a million copies of StarCraft II Legacy of the Void in the first 24 hours of launch. That is an enormous number. Takes many games a year before they reach that if they're lucky. Uh, they did that overnight. Like and that's a genre and a game in the the stable of Blizzard games that isn't all that on the radar right now, at least not the Western side of things as much, not nearly as it used to be. So yeah. And so it's even, also a sequel. I mean, uh, not a sequel, but like an expansion, even though yeah. you can buy it, uh, standalone, mm-hmm. it's still an expansion to a game that came out a few years ago. So yeah, yeah it's pretty impressive. It's crazy. Yeah, it's not to me. Starcraft three. It's yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. It's all this relative stuff with blizzard, but, uh, hearthstone, let's talk about that for a second. 40 million registered players. That's a lot of damn people playing a card game. That's a yeah. lot. So, that's that's the the tricky part. We don't know how many are act, actively playing, right? Yeah, this is not a monthly players. active users. Yeah. Registered it means I think they they mention it it's anyone who's completed the tutorial. So it's not just someone who has installed the game that that could could mean anything. Right. It's people who have actually tried it out. But still, registered it might be people who completed the tutorial and never launched the game again ever. Yeah, um, they're counting me but, who hasn't played in a very long time, and I'm sure, you know yeah. well past the tutorial. But, but still, the fact is, still, forty million enormous. people getting the game, downloading it, going through the tutorial is a huge deal for a, like a card game in general because that's not, you know, what Hearthstone has done really well is brought people who aren't 
players of card games mm -hmm. and had them try out card games. And a lot of them have stuck. A lot of them haven't. Uh, and the recent announcement of the formats and stuff, which we'll talk about a little more later, uh, kind of really brought that out because a lot of people were like, what is this? Mm -hmm. And people who play card games were like, yeah, OK, I, I saw this coming. <laughs> this was supposed to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's a good thing that a lot of people who don't play card games are playing Hearthstone. Yeah, That's completely. fantastic for the genre itself and also for the game. And they've and established them, they've established themselves as a bit of the League of Legends in this space now. There's there's, oh, there's sure. they're that big and anyone else will be pretenders to that crown for a very long time. You know, small. It's also efforts. worth mentioning um, the previous number they announced, if I'm not mistaken, was 30 million. It was a few months ago, maybe in summer. Mm -hmm. It was not um, that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 30 million. It's like there are 10 million people who tried it in the past, let's say half a year, roughly, maybe a sure. little bit more. And so. if only, they did open yeah. up uh, since then, they did open up to Japan. So they didn't have like a Japan sure. server. So it was a little bit harder there. So they probably got a little bit of a boost there, but that, that's not a, you know, that's a pretty small place. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, it is, it is an interesting thing to note that, that uh, when people play the card games, it's good for the card games. But another thing that's interesting is it's really good for just, Warcraft mm -hmm. as to separate it from there's only World of Warcraft. Right. Because now this is like, you know, another game, a third game essentially pulling from that single universe. Yeah. And so that's huge that 40 million people are now aware of who Ragnaros is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, who may not have been aware before. Well, not that that's going to matter for the movie, but, right. you know, it's like these characters are now characters they're familiar with. The names are. Gul'dan is, oh, that's, yeah, that's a warlock. It's, I know that. It's really interesting because they did, I mean, you could argue the strategy game did the same thing with the MMO. It drove drove legions of RTS players into a new space called MMOs where they hadn't touched sure. EverQuest or Ultima Online, and suddenly there's this thing in the world that they already know and love, and, and the story's connected, and were indeed co-developed roughly the same time in parallel, so there was a lot of this connective tissue, and, that, and that's the same thing we see working with, with Hearthstone, and I hope future titles. Um, yes. of various types who knows because I, you know. I can't wait to see what's next for the Warcraft universe as far as gaming is concerned because yeah. it's just such a rich world you know and, yep. and the movie's gonna gonna have a big part in, in kind of like you know showing where the destiny is for and I, I would be utterly shocked if we didn't see them follow some similar path with Starcraft it's much later in the in the time frame of, of all this happening but and I don't mean they're gonna go straight to MMO or something but but Starcraft needs that expansion too in my opinion, to really flesh that world out. They need to enter into other genres and other spaces that that make it more than just this RTS game the Koreans love. This is pretty you amazing know, interesting in StarCraft, yeah, yes. Yeah. Interestingly, the one area where StarCraft, I think, would have made a lot of sense would have been an FPS-type game. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what else they could have done. They could do... Well, they could do what, whatever they want, but... Uh, yeah. MMO is a pretty obvious uh, way to go. Maybe they just let StarCraft rest for just a little while and well, then come back sure, to something Sure, sure, that'd be fine. But I, like a squad-based tactical shooter, uh, third oh, person or something, would be really amazing. Yeah. And it can be console-only experiences, or it could be on PC or, or probably both, but it doesn't need to even be considered in the same space as Overwatch. It would be a very different experience, a, a, more of a single-player-focused thing. Like, There's a lot there they could do. With that or turn-based strategy mm -hmm. type of thing with a smaller scale oh, like uh, XCOM. Some XCOM it's, things with it? Yeah, yeah. XCOM or Invisible Ink, things like that, which have, be, which have been hugely successful. Uh, but I, I, re, I oh. never 
got into them. I don't really They're like so them. good. Don't tempt me with these things. They're so good, those games you just mentioned. Invisible Ink yes, is maybe, that's maybe no, know, my game of 2015. I'm, it's so good. Oh, And and Invisible Ink actually is probably, it has gone the route of Blizzard, which is make those games easily accessible and easily uh, approachable. But I still, for some reason, I don't get into them. I'm thinking if Blizzard, uh, you know, crafted something like that maybe it would be more my style yeah like you but, and heroes yeah. man you wouldn't you didn't like the mobas before remember and then now you kind of oh like- no i did i didn't like them after i only started liking them like two months ago so <laughs> right and so they have that ability is all i'm saying and have the- you now patrick have you from heroes had any interest at all in trying out any of the other mobas to kind of see to get a sense of what's actually different about heroes uh, a little bit. I, I went and tried uh, Smite. I mm-hmm. tried a while well, ago. Smite is another tried. one that's like completely doing, like breaking the mold, right? right? So trying to. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I agree. Um, maybe I'm going to reinstall League of Legends, but it's kind of, I've tried it a tiny little bit a while ago and really couldn't get into it. Maybe, you know, just the idea. Okay, the problems I have with heroes are all of the aspects that are a little bit more complex. Uh, not the problem, but you know the parts I like a little bit less. So I'm not. I, I the, what I love in Heroes is the simplicity elements of it. So just the idea of having to go and worry about last hitting and yeah. buying the right items and you know all of those things that make those other uh, mobas great at what they are are the things that I'm guessing I wouldn't appreciate. Maybe yeah, but you know give what, me though? another year. Yeah. Give me another year with heroes, and I'm going to go. Ah, oh, this is for babies now. I wanted the real <laughs> thing, and maybe then I'll. I'll go See, to, I to I think they're like more like side by side. Like it's different, but you know, it's not necessarily better or worse because the items are essentially talents. You just instead of getting them presented to you in an options format every you know few levels, you go back, you recall, and then you like pick them up. But they actually have suggested items, and when you like go down the tree of those suggested items. You're essentially adding talents like the items do things. You activate them to do things. Uh, so like it's not hugely different in that respect. A lot of people like want to compare it as if it's crazy different that yeah. you buy items instead of just have talents. The, pre- the presentation is just different is all. Yeah. But I think one of the things that you had talked about previously on the show, I think you might find kind of fun and enjoyable to not have to worry about, which is the frustration level the of team sucking. No, oh. no you like and then to go in and just be like, yeah, look at me. I get to just do my thing. And then. Like it worked or it didn't, uh, you know, what I did. Uh, that That is kind of like an interesting thing to notice when you go back. Because I didn't play a lot of League, but I did play some Dota, and I went back to Dota just to mess around a little bit the other day. Yeah, I definitely noticed that Heroes has made me a better Dota player because I just played a lot, and, you know, just MOBA stuff works. Right. But, uh, you know, just the fact that, like, oh, I'm in this lane, and I'm doing this, and you guys do that, and then at some point later, we'll all meet up and we'll do some fighting. But... You know, my my uh, my play was much more grounded in like what it meant for me, like not yeah. like oh man, nobody's here in my lane helping me with this objective, like that stuff. In, in, a, in a way, heroes just put you in the fight immediately. In a way, they're just like you know what, we're not yeah. we're not going to do all this lead up where you're just grinding out coins and and you know XP. But you just and, rely on your teammates so much yeah. in heroes from the start of the game, yeah. and at some point you do. But that's like twenty minutes down the road. It's, yeah. Here's the other thing, though: the games are like forty minutes long. So yeah, yeah that's Plus. another thing. <laughs> yeah. I well, know. I guess the the games in Heroes can go over thirty minutes on a pretty but it's regular super rare. basis. But it's yeah. super rare. Yeah. yeah. But that's basically every game in Dota. I, I think mm-hmm. I think I played two games and it was an hour and a half. 
Yeah, oh, sometimes it's really long. See, I I do I did it. You can go to Hot Slogs and see your average game time from your upload yeah. uh, replays, and I'm something like average 19 to 21 minutes or something. Yeah. Which but is, you know, playing Blizzard games now, it's like when I have to defend the point for like five minutes. I'm like, what? Five minutes? Oh my <laughs> god, that's forever. <laughs> yeah, but you know, playing Overwatch, it, it the games are an average of eight minutes. Yeah. So yeah. going from Overwatch to Heroes, it felt like every game took forever. Yeah. Sure. It's weird. The 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 switch between those two is very strange. Um. All right. On they they had some other numbers here. On the twelfth, they uh, launched League of Explorers, the Hearthstone expansion, the third adventure for Hearthstone. This sold twenty percent more units as of the first six weeks after launch uh, than prior adventures in the time in the same time frame. So, in other words, that League of Explorers did really well for them. Yeah, and yeah. probably reflects the growth in numbers overall. Like. It also reflects the quality of that adventure. Um, that it was by far the best thing they put out. So yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm excited for, well, we'll get to formats here in a minute, but I'm mm-hmm. excited for both formats and then also that one still being active. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like that one yeah, won't yeah. go away right away. Cause it's yeah, I'm actually time. curious to, to see like how that will push, the formats will push more League of Explorers sales. Yeah. Oh, you think it would because yeah. you got to get the stuff yeah, while you course. can get it, right? And, well, because some players who no. might have just been like, I can't, I'm like, why buy that? I don't have the cards to compete with everybody anyway. I still needed Nax if I wanted to compete. Like now it's like, oh, you don't need Nax, but you do need this one. Mm-hmm. So at least for now. And then, yeah. you know, for, for standard or whatever it's called. No, not standard. What do they call it? Standard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, standard. standard. Yeah. So they're standard, and, and it's wild. gonna last. It's gonna last a while. If you buy it now, you're gonna get some use out of it for the next year and probably a little bit, a few months. So yep. yeah. Uh, let's see. More than eight million players have signed up for the Overwatch beta, up from seven million as the last earnings call. Uh, that <laughs> how many are in? Do we know? Nobody says. And no I idea. had two or I three. Think I had two or three separate arguments with people 6. on Twitter. Probably six point seven million. So if you're not in, you're <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I had some arguments with people on Twitter today who are who one was very upset and thinks that it's all a conspiracy and that only the only people have it are streamers and podcasters, uh, which isn't yeah. true at all. That um, is not true. We no, played with a load of fans I mean, yesterday. In fact, that we didn't we didn't even know they were fans. They just suddenly showed up and said, "Hey, we're those new yeah. guys." And it's just visible. It, that it happens. The streamers are in. Yeah. That's all. It happens uh, quite regularly that you get someone who's going to be like, oh, hey, uh, I love the show, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. that's cool. But, I mean, they've been on record. Blizzard has been on record saying that, uh, quote, unquote, regular players uh, are a bigger part, a much bigger part of the player pool than uh, people who have been invited because they're streamers. Or But so I just want to – I can't remember if I – explained uh this before but the reason they always invite uh visible people is that whenever you start a friends and family you can't restrict it too much because you're always going to have streamers who are going to uh have a friend at blizzard who's going to make them invited so they can't really only invite uh you know, regular players and not worry about the, the streamers. Well, also um, they've gone on record to say, yeah, we, we want this to be visible up front. We exactly, want, yeah. exactly. I mean, and that's, that's also the other thing, obviously. And I think actually maybe we, we talked about this and, and Dills, I think you said, well, if you want to be like that, feel free to go and spend, you know, two years building up a community and, uh, yeah. Yeah. and getting, so spend a few thousand bucks on equipment and then like, tell me why it was like so easy to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and the other thing is, it's also obviously very frustrating. I mean, if you have 8 million p- people who have signed up, it means there's a real strong interest for the game, which is great. 
Uh, and again, a- another million added since the last earnings call three months ago. Yeah. It's significant. Mm. Um, so obviously, I mean, I think the way Blizzard looks at it is we want to make sure we don't disappoint everyone. And people being angry that they're not in is awesome because it means people care yeah. about this game. Yeah. And yeah. Um, It's easy yeah. to forget People would be more that's... angry if they were all in and the game didn't work because the servers couldn't handle the load. You're right about that. And that's like that's the other thing. This is still a beta. As much as everyone wants to play it, and as polished as it looks, if you piled all the players who wanted to be in right now into the game, it would not be working as well as it is. No. Well, you know, I think I think they could, in theory, they go could go ahead much higher than they are the now. Servers. So beta, we can prove let's that. Say, but no, but let's say they cool. decided they decided to just make the game available and you know, quote, kind of available. They could expand the servers uh, to the level of everyone can play it. But first of all, I think they uh, are still developing the game. They're still tweaking a lot of stuff, and we're going to talk about this in a, in a little bit. But also, I really think they don't want everyone to start playing it. They There might be a, an open beta weekend or like a, a beta weekend where they invite everyone, but this is not a free-to-play game. Mm-hmm. If you give the game for you know two or three months to everyone who's expressed interest, a large part portion of them might end up not buying it afterwards. Yeah. So... I think that we're not going to see a let's, you know, everyone get in here beta as we did for Heroes and Hearthstone. Yeah, probably. And they you don't know, need there to be any like trial at all or anything later on for people who want to oh, buy it. I'm sure there will be. I think there that, there be. will be no, a there, starter's there edition, but that will come a few months after the game has launched. Yeah, sure. maybe even longer. But I, yeah, I agree. That, yeah, be like the beta, the open beta is not a chance to try before you buy. That's not what this is <laughs> no. either. So, well, it's a little. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, you, it can be, but that's not what it's intended to be. Yeah, we yeah. look at we, it's like when they iron out the problems yeah. and they figure out the direction they want to go with things and all that. Yeah, that is what it's for. Just don't be so cons- conspiratorial, everybody. It's just a game, well, and we're all think, excited and. It's yeah, easy for me to so say. used I, to betas now, yeah. though, that they think of them in a different way than they used to. Like, mm-hmm. it used to be that they understood, okay, this is something that the game company is using to test. And now it's like, this is uh, how we, like, hype the game, how we decide, you know, who our real player. But, like, there's so many other things have been piled in to what a beta is now. Yeah. And uh, it's like the, the message is distorted a little bit on what's really going on. Well, here's what will really piss somebody off. My friend Eric, who is not a podcaster or a streamer. Uh, got an invite and doesn't even own a PC. So um, there you go. <laughs> he can't even play it. He's got an invite just sitting there doing he nothing. Can't, he can't transfer it to anyone because it's his account that's been flagged. Exactly. So. But you know, it's it's there are a lot of people getting invited. I mean, I've seen randomly more than a few people who were just asking me, you know, just interacting with me who are just plain listeners who said, Oh yeah, I got an invite. Awesome. And you know, they it it's happening. Oh, yeah. uh, there, are and three, the there are three or four guys that play with us all the yeah. time, like Dan and Bo and who was the other one? I forget. These guys were all beta weekenders. And had it stripped oh, yeah. away. D-Day was beta weekend, wasn't it? He got in. Yeah, and they um, took it all away the after the weekend. And then when this thing launched again, they got new in, they yeah. got new flags. So it's it's all coming. I I don't want to, you know, this isn't me being apologetic. And I know it's easy for us to say because we all have it and it's amazing and we love it and we're talking about it like it's, you know, the second coming of video games. But but you'll it'll it'll all work out, guys. Well, yeah, I honestly personally want I... everyone in. I mean, I want everyone in because yeah. that beta weekend was the most enjoyable time of overwatch that i'd ever had the games happened instantly everyone was ha- was happy people were excited about it like if i had my druthers we'd all be in everyone would be in but right and 
I also completely understand people because if I was in that situation, if I was on the outside looking in and I was like, but I really want to play it, I would be, fur well, not furious. I don't think I would descend into insults or conspir conspiracy or anything out. like that, yeah. but I would be really sad and frustrated. So I completely understand all of this. And there's someone in the chat room, Zoe, is saying, understand that there are some real uh, truly loyal fans who are super frustrated. Yes, of course, there are millions of truly Blizzard loyal fans. Probably seven point something million of them. Yeah, and you, just you, know? you can't invite everyone because that's not what the stage of the beta is. So yes, there are some of those people yeah, as well. Yeah, and it, it, it's so funny because you can really look at this from the perspective of it is a healthy sign for the game because you can, oh, yeah, the more consternation there is, I mean, you have to balance it a little bit, but the more of that there is that it's just the more people talking about the game, hyping it up, super jazzed about it. Like it's, it, it all works in Blizzard's favor, but they're also, they have practical reasons for doing this. I mean, I'm with Dills. If everybody could have one, if we had the power to give them out to everyone we know, we'd do it in a heartbeat. Like in a in a second, in a yeah. fat second, I would just. But give everyone if we access. were Blizzard, we also would probably have our reservations the same the ones that Blizzard has. Then right. do the things in a very similar manner. Yeah. Like okay. a lot of people have said, if you buy the if you pre order, you should just get beta access. Mm. And um, you know, I I love that idea. Um, and maybe like you know, if you buy like having some sort of founders pack would be an amazing way to kind of like slowly drip feed the number of players into the game. Mm -hmm. But you know, and and Patrick's right that they could just increase server size right now and just make it work. But that's not the stage they're at, right? The stage right now isn't the infrastructure building stage; it is the game building stage. Yeah, and so that's what the focus is. I and wouldn't be surprised if in April, maybe this is just a small prediction. We'll see, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they came out and said, if you pre-order the game. You get in some number of weeks early or something. I, I could definitely see there being a, a, a period of time where the beta is opened much, much more than it is now. Like, so just open the floodgates to all the people who pre-ordered or something. Mm -hmm. And then that's, yeah. you know, not that long before launch. But because right. that would be a great way for them to test the servers before it's just, oh, everyone, you know. We haven't heard anything about a beta test on consoles at all, right? That's not a thing we've they've said. Nope. Okay. No, yeah. they haven't mentioned it. Uh, it it might happen, but uh, also keep in mind that this is not pre-orders; it's pre-sales. So yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. Yeah, pre-orders mean you have the game now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pre-orders mean you pay when it when it's coming out. Pre-sales, you've already given your money to Blizzard. Yeah. Um, so and that's by the way why they have to announce a release date because when you you know that's legally you have to uh, tell people when they're gonna get the thing that they paid for. Right. Um, so yeah, there's that, a lot that of differences totally now too because there's early access, there's pre-order, there's pre-sale, yeah. so many different ways. Project now. Greenlight, there's a billion a before it's yeah, actually yeah. There's a billion things, and we, we all all I know is this: got to do something about those turrets. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, Activision Blizzard as a whole, this is the combined efforts of Activision and Blizzard as a whole, had a higher digital revenue than uh, retail revenue for the very first time in their history. So that means uh, by digital revenue, games purchased and downloaded rather than bought as discs uh, or even items and DLC and things I'm like that. I'm surprised that that just happened. Me too a little bit, but I think what? I'm not as in touch with the broader... <laughs> so no, I think thing, I know? think the reason is that we're in a very Blizzard world, and uh, there's a whole other half of Activision Blizzard, which is Call of Duty at uh, oh okay oh yeah at, at yeah yes. exactly sure so I think for Blizzard I'm guessing it happened a while ago, but Activision they're still selling uh, you know boxes at Walmart and whatever for the holiday season. 
Yeah. So I think that's why it's it seems like it should have happened before. And that Skylanders yeah, business is I buy Call of Duty and then I just buy a real gun. <laughs> yeah. Right afterwards. Right. No, that's what you do there. <laughs> and you're in Texas too yeah. with the flag oh, behind yeah. you. So yeah. totally supported. And I will walk right out with that. Thing. And it's a Equate brand Call of Duty, so you save a little money, which is good. Uh, I was going to say this too. When you when you you can't discount like that Skylanders business is enormous for them. And that is all a retail experience because you got to get the stand and the toys and the stuff. And, and it's almost like an afterthought that the game comes with all that. So I think that the fact that they've exceeded this as digital revenue and have that presence with Call of Duty and that presence with Skylanders with all of its gear. Uh, and for that matter, the new um, it's Activision who published the new um, rock band, didn't they? I think so. Or no, is there? Yeah. yeah, not Guitar Hero. Oh, whatever it was. Same thing. Bunch of plastic instruments, a bunch of hardware. In spite of all of that in the year 2015 or in this last quarter, to still be digital revenue higher is probably more on Blizzard's plate anyway. They're probably the ones that pushed them over, is my thinking, because yeah. there's so much physical stuff going well, on. Well, the now there's, uh, you know, if you think about what the, the digital offering is for Blizzard, it's no longer just the, the game itself. Now you're talking about uh, heroes, skins, and heroes, and cosmetic items, and all of these games. And that's really starting to, to push. And of course, Hearthstone packs. Yeah. Got to be a big part of that. Yep. Um, so Jaina outfits are more products that you can buy that have just you'll, there's no box for. Yeah. And even for Activision, uh, for all of those, well, let's say the two or three big games they've had, you have DLC uh, that represents a significant, well, probably not a huge portion, but it plays into it. Some so. of it, sure. But it's it's enough that it matters, I'm sure. And it's a dollar amount, not a bandwidth amount. So it's we're not even measuring what this stuff costs and or, you know, what, what it means in terms of traffic. They're not reporting that. They're just saying, here's the money we get from it. Um, all right, let's talk quickly about, uh, there's some, t okay. So the rumors are floating around that Blizzard may be trying something new, not completely confirmed on all this. It's mostly rumor, but the, uh, they're thinking about boosting the appeal of the subscriber base of wow. Uh, some would refer to it as this, like this article on cinema blend did as a flailing subscriber base. I don't know how five, <laughs> five, so or, flailing. Yeah, five yeah. or so million people flailing. Everyone's still still subscribed is just like doing this. Ah, yeah, all the time. Like, that's what I'm doing. Um, like, anyway. yeah, 15 a month still. <laughs> <laughs> well, they claim here that they may be offering up a bundle pack of all previously previously released expansion packs. So basically an entire WoW uh, game all the way up to current, including the new game Legion for people who decide to see the upcoming movie. So if you go to Wait, the movie... including Legion? Including Legion. No, no. Oh, not no including way. Legion. Can't, not including Legion. It would have to be just everything up. It's like the chest or right. whatever. No, but you get all the way... Yeah, like you, you get right. uh, Warlords. So uh, you get some kind of code that right. says, I saw... I saw this movie in the first three weeks, therefore and all I, I got am. was this crappy <laughs> MMO, which is, greatest MMO of all time. Which is basically... Basically, they get the base game. Yeah. Um, yeah. which if you remember, I think it was with, uh, warlords that they finally changed it so that the, the, when the new expansion hits, all of the previous expansions are included in the base game. So when you want to come back, the only thing that you need is that latest expansion. Yeah. So what they're going to be giving away is probably going to be the base game. Essentially yeah. everything up to everything up to warlords, right? Um, I yep. think that actually changed with Pandaria, but I could be wrong. Is that not, well, not there's, right? yeah, there's a couple of like awesome things. Like it has to be this, I think, for a few reasons. This is kind of to get people who maybe stopped playing and then went and saw the movie. Mm -hmm. And now they're like, oh, my God, I want to go play World of Warcraft again. And it's like, OK, well, here you go. You're you're all caught up. Uh, and so then of actually course people who just start because they see the movie for the first time. Yeah. 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 So I, they, the people who have already played at some point who have bought the game, they already have everything. 
right? They already have a license for World of Warcraft on their, their Battle.net account. So they yeah. don't even need to add anything. They can just go back and they're going to be caught up to uh, Warlords whenever Warlords is included in when it's, the... When it's, yeah. The well, there's, a, there, yeah. there's the other question. Are we going to get, as guys that are completely devoted to the franchise and buy a, an expansion the minute we hear about it, already pre-ordered mine, for example, and all this? We're going to get like a mount or whatever. Yeah, right? are we, is that what's happening? I hope we get a mount or I something. I think there's a mount included. I think you get a special blizzard mount or something like that I don't, like again all of this is just they sent out an email asking people if they would do this yeah. there was no announcement that they are doing it it was like a survey yeah, right? yeah. so seems like it's possible but if listen if that mount ends up being a horse with a legendary logo on the side and a murloc holding a blizzard <laughs> flag i'm not in it i'm not i don't want that I want something cool. Well, I mean, I want it. I'll put it in my collection. I just I'm still going to ride my <laughs> right. You know, like I don't ride my stuff. I don't ride my white blizzard bear with a murloc and a and a <laughs> thing anymore from 2008 or whatever it was. So uh, why would I do that? Well, no. in a couple of years, it's going to be 10 years old, and you're it's going to be cool again. It's going to come back. <laughs> Is oh, it? Yeah, okay. That's right. Jeez, yeah. you have you got your finger on the hipsters, man. You know what's going on. Yeah, I'm impressed. Just like handlebar mustaches, cool again. Oh yeah, especially on uh, Winston. We'll also get to that in a minute. (laughs) So good, dude. Uh, All right. Hearthstone, briefly. We talked about formats last week, but Dills, you weren't here, and I wanted to definitely get your your take on this. Um, You've had a lot of of milling around. I need to hear your take first, though. Well, my take is I'm all back in on this. I love this idea because it's it's, I'm not saying they're talking to me specifically, but it feels like they are because Mm -hmm. what they're doing is they're saying, all right, hey, those of you out there approached it a little more casually and now feel completely overwhelmed by the number of cards available. It yes. would take you forever to do it. It is daunting. I feel like that's who they're talking to, and I am in that camp. And this is exciting to me. Like, literally, I am excited about the idea that there is now an entry point that doesn't seem so crazy to me in the yeah. game. Oh, and that's how it works. Like, if you, you know, I, I talked about on the Anger Chicken my experience uh, trying out magic because of Hearthstone. Like, Hearthstone, you know, we started doing the show. I felt like I wanted to educate myself more on what the collectible card game thing is and why not try out the biggest one there is that's been around for 20 years right right so i went and i was like okay magic let's do this what do i do what do i gotta do yeah tell me wizards of the coast and then they were like oh well you have to have like a million cards and i was like oh god backing out slowly no one do anything i i wasn't even here like basically that was my experience at first um was this daunting impossible to climb mountain that is magic uh, now I kind of busted through. I, I just kind of buckled down and said, "Screw it!" I I said I was going to do this, and I got I got past that barrier. But that was a really really tough thing to do, and uh, just something that I think most people won't do. Uh, now that's not quite true because Magic is still growing. But what Magic does have, which now Hearthstone does, is these formats. So if you want to get into Magic, you can get into what they also call standard. Which is the most, you know, it's the the last essentially like year uh, of of releases. So now Hearthstone will have the last two years, but it's going to be very very similar in scope. Do you so do you, you agree that it was? Everything from do you do you agree time. it was inevitable? Like there's just no way this wasn't going to happen. Like it had to happen. At oh some yeah, point. no, no. It's, it, there's a few things that this uh, this allows. Like one is that if they didn't do this forever and ever, they'd have to make all the new expansions just much more powerful than the previous ones or else no one would ever use those cards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you'd, you'd essentially be always making cards that are better than the previous cards. Otherwise, why the hell are people going to buy them? And that's we, we're already kind of seeing that. Uh, the Grand Tournament didn't have a bunch of really powerful cards. It had a lot of duds, and a lot of people felt like 
and eh, why am I even going to buy these packs? Like, I'll just craft the three cards that made it into the meta, and uh, I'm good to go. So you now have the ability to uh, build cards that are the same power level as the previous cards, but they essentially kind of replace the cards that have exited, and it's totally fine. You don't have to continue to power creep your game forever and ever and ever. Um, so that, well, hopefully that you make them a little bit future. different. Well, they're different, but they're not like because they're always objectively keeping objectively more cards, powerful. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can look at a card like Ragnaros and say, "This is the power level of an eight cost legendary. This is what an eight cost legendary base power should be comparable to." Is Ragnaros or Ysera at nine cost, or you know, uh, uh, Sylvanas at six cost? Like this is what that kind of card is. And forever will be. And you're not like, okay, at one point we're going to have to make a seven mana nine nine that summons four boom bots, or else, like, why would I ever take out <laughs> Dr. Boom? All right. So it, it opens up a lot of like possibilities for them as far as design is concerned, where they can just make cool new cards that do cool new things and not worry about it. But like you said, Scott, it opens it up for you where you go, oh, I only need to own 150 cards, not. 750 cards yes yes and that's a huge deal to anybody who discovers this game from this point forward and there was going to be a point where like magic it was going to turn that corner and it was just going to be so much and so much to just consume that people were going to just turn it off right away well it's yeah. important too that this is referred to as formats in the plural that means wild mm -hmm. is there for all the crazy people who want to do that it has its own mm -hmm. ranking system like you're going to have all the fun you want with every card you've ever owned ever um, and it's beautiful because they can let it be broken. Right. It's fine. Right. They can let crazy combos like happen. And in Magic, you kind of have this too with Modern uh, and to, a, to another extent, like Vintage and Legacy or whatever and all that kind of stuff. But they just let you play like any card you want. And the thing is, is, when you can mix any card you want from any set, you get completely broken decks that kill you by like turn three. But that's fine because everyone else is playing that broken deck and everyone understands what they're getting into. And then the, the standard format is where you're going to see a lot of balance and they're going to be very concerned with the balance and making sure that uh, the game is constantly shifting and changing and, and is interesting for everyone. Right. Well, it's all good stuff. Yep. Can't wait. Bring it on. Formats. What's the format war that you referenced? Here oh, the... people flipping out all oh, week okay. about it. You know, I mean, again, I don't like to always bring up the fact that someone on the internet doesn't like something because it's yeah. impossible to have any topic where that isn't the case, but it did seem like there was a bit of an uproar for the first couple of days. and Yeah. yeah. But like I said, there's a lot of people who aren't CCG players playing Hearthstone. So to them, it, this was like some crazy idea that they, they weren't really familiar with. Well, that's a good point. I hadn't really looked at it from that perspective. In their yeah. minds, they're like, whoa, you're changing this game and you're taking yeah. out cards I paid for? And like they're looking at it exactly. from a very different they perspective. Thought they, they looked at it as Blizzard is taking things away from me. Mm. Whereas uh, CCG players are like, oh my God, you're giving me so much more. Yeah, like you're giving me two formats, not taking something away. Yeah, everyone I met, everyone who plays Magic that I know, they've all echoed you. They're like, "Oh, this is a great thing for the game." And it has, but the sooner the better on this too. You wait too long to make this move, mm -hmm. it hurts even more for do, those players. Do we know when this is? When it's supposed to turn over? Uh, it's, the, first it's the next expansion of cards, and I we've guessed uh, mid March or so. I think Jocelyn guessed April, but me and Garrett were guessing like mid March. Okay. I like that idea. Because I don't March. think that Brode came out and had this whole thing about the timing of announcements uh, and how the earlier you announce something, the longer people wait for it, the more like agonizing that is for players. Mm -hmm. So generally, it's better to hold things back. So sometimes it looks like nothing is happening. Yeah. But really, it's like, well, a lot of things are happening. We're just not announcing them because with the earlier we say it, 
and then the longer you wait, like that's not better. Yeah. So uh, I, the fact that they have announced it to me means it's not months away. It's coming fairly yeah, soon. Yeah, they have a reputation, Team 5 specifically, of going, and it's coming out next week. Like they, they don't. <laughs> well, now they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they do that a lot. And, uh, you know, I remember when Goblins versus Gnomes was announced at BlizzCon and the fact that they had it coming out the very following, you know, four days later or whatever. So that, was, that was League, League of Explorers. Was that Go- League? Okay. Uh, but. But older expansions, they announced way in advance and then didn't come out for really long. Like, I think it was Nax. Mm. People were just like, when is Nax out? When it became a whole meme on Twitch. Yeah. People would go into, like, other people's chats and say, Nax is out. And everyone <laughs> would freak out. <laughs> in fact, people still do it because it was, like, such a thing at the time. Yeah. But uh, that took forever to come out from the day that they announced it. So they've, they've definitely moved into a more announced later, put out sooner model, which uh, I, I think is better. I agree. I don't need to know till I need to know. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Uh, all right. Let's skip right on over into the land of Tracer and Reaper. Okay. So we'll be here for another hour. Yeah. And it's going to be. It's, I, I don't even know where to start with <laughs> hopefully, this. Hopefully. Hopefully. I don't even know where to start with this. So, uh, Patrick, let's start with you. Um, yes. There's progression. There's loot boxes. There's skins. There's changes. There's maps. There's modes. There's all this stuff. I don't even know where to start. So why don't you start with telling me kind of where your head is with all these changes. Specifically, let's talk about progression. And what okay. you unlock and um, how you unlock it. How do you feel about with the implementation so far? Right. So um, just to summarize it for, for people who might not be familiar, uh, the beta came back a few days ago and they brought uh, three things, three major elements of the game. The first one is a progression system that is going to let you level up and get stuff. Mm-hmm. The second one is a new mode for playing, which is a control type mode. And the third one is a complete overhaul of the turret Uh, characters that was supposed to make them a lot easier to deal with for new players and a lot more uh, powerful at higher levels of play in which they completely failed and uh, they're basically (laughs) the bane of everyone in the entire game. Um, We'll talk about this a little bit more uh, in a second. But uh, coming back to your question, the progression system, I think, really works. And I think it is it strikes a perfect balance between the need for you to be motivated to play stuff and, and I mean, to play more games and get stuff out of it, not just, you know, chain games without any rhyme or reason or meaning. Um, and they so it's motivating, but it's also not... Um, uh, in, encouraging you to play a specific character because that would be detrimental to your team. And what is absolutely amazing is that those are really just uh, cosmetic, cosmetic. No, cosmetic. 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 Yeah, you got you it. it. Yeah, you got it. Okay, you've been all in right. Finland cosmetic. for a week. You'll be all right. You're good. <laughs> so they're just cosmetic and they still are incredibly compelling. Uh, I mean, not all of them. Some of them are really filler. You're going to have some um, uh, sprays that are just okay. You're going to have some uh, voice uh, emotes that are just whatever. You're going to have even some acted emotes, some uh, emotes that do your char- that make your character do stuff that are fun. Uh, but there's also a lot of other ones that are super, super uh, compelling, including some of the skins that are really cool and some of the uh, heroic highlights that are the, the little bit of animation that plays before you um, the, the, the other players see your play of the game yep. that are incredible. I mean, <laughs> some of them are uh, so uh, well-crafted that you really feel like you want them 
so that everyone can see how awesome you are when you finally get that play of the game. They're amazing, um, those animations. And, all, and the skins, just real quick, I want to touch on these. There's like a couple in particular. There's this Reaper, uh, undead, Day of the Dead looking guy with a guitar on his back and a skull face that is so freaking cool that when the minute you see him, you just want to be the person who unlocked that thing. And they're rare. They're like legendary skins. They're difficult to get. There are plenty of other color variations and... Here's Young Reaper. Here's eventually we'll be able to just buy him. So uh, yeah, this, this, yeah, there's a shop button, but it's grayed yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so the way it's kind of the way it works is that every time you level, uh, initially it's very quick, and then it, it goes a little bit slower, and you have infinite levels, so you can level however much you want. Right. And every time you level, you get a loot box. In each loot box, you have four items, and each item has a different possibility of rarity. And obviously, you're going to have different colors that correspond to rarity, as they always do. Um, and so obviously the coolest stuff is more rare and you're going to have a smaller chance of getting it, but you still have a chance of, of getting it. I've seen many very rare skins in the game already. Maybe not many, but a few. Yeah. And if you get something out of those boxes that you already have, you get a small amount of in-game currency. And if you get, you can also get in-game currency from the loot box directly, and then you get a little bit more. So right. each item has an in-game currency cost attached to it. And when you have accrued enough in-game currency, you can actually go and, and purchase in-game that specific item you want. And at some point in the future, probably when the game launches, maybe a little bit earlier, you're going to be able to actually uh, buy in-game currency with real money. So if you really want a specific item, you can go and purchase it, essentially. Mm. And yeah. I can't wait to do that. Scott Kurtz uh, coined the term overbucks for the, uh, for the in-game <laughs> currency. I assume that that's probably not what they'll be called. That'd be nice if they did. Well, right. they're they credits. They look like but, credits. Yeah, I think yeah. that's yeah, what they call it. Yeah, them. it's like space credits. But anyway, they, they, um, they put all this stuff in. I've gotten three skins, none of them legendary, sadly, but three skins in my 15 levels of play. I never once felt bad about opening a loot box it always feels good blizzard has mastered i mean hearthstone really nailed it home for me but blizzard has mastered the the art of here's a thing to click now let's have it explode in extravagant ways and get you super jazzed about what's inside of it it shoots up in the air and you see the color of the item before it lands and you see what it actually is so you can get really excited when you see those those yellows yeah or a purple or something you're just like holy shit what's that gonna be yeah i will say this though i'm at the 20 or so mm -hmm. and it does feel it like it takes a long time to level Mm -hmm. however it's like a grind yeah yeah. however the better you play the faster it is so uh when you are so there is incentive to try hard uh not just go in and just spam games and just do whatever and just troll people because if you get a match win you get 500 bonus xp if you get a gold medal which is like I led the team in, uh, you know, last hits or whatever, or kills or something. Um, you get 150 extra, and silver gets you 100, and bronze gets 50. So the better you're doing, as far as the team is concerned, um, is also going to help you level faster and get you that loot quicker. So totally, so totally to an, working. For yeah, me. To, to an extent, that's not entirely, uh, at, probably not as much as some people might think. Because if you complete a game, you get 250. If you win the game, you get 500. So it's only a 250 difference. And also, the medals aren't cumulative. So it takes, it gives you one, uh, the amount of one of uh, the highest medals you got. So if you got two gold, one silver, and one. Uh, 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 bronze, you only get the 150 for the one gold. You get it for so, whatever your highest thing was. 
right? Right. Yeah. So the, the most you can get uh, of difference between a game that you lost and a game that you won is going to be 400 XP, which usually the games give you like two to three uh, thousand, maybe two, around two thousand, let's say. Um, so it's it's more, but it's not like if you play incredibly better than everyone else you're going to get double the xp that's, that's well no but and, i did maybe that's i have noticed true, that it's moved the bar moves a lot more when you have a really good game um because you know the having like five that's gold the time, medals. I think. well yeah but like having five gold medals like i it was shooting up there i mean that's another it, like like 600 700 xp so no it isn't it isn't the the it only gives you one of those uh the amount of one of those gold medals uh i think the difference might have been that the game was super close and so it lasted a long time yeah, and maybe. the bulk of the xp is that uh it gives you you know xp depending on the time that it took to complete the game but that means that the losers the losing team also get that same amount Got a of lot XP, of yeah so. Yeah, oh, I, I think I think the difference is not as big. Maybe they're going to tweak that. They they the may. Moment. I don't think any of this stuff's set in stone. I think there's a lot of things they'll continue to tweak. But as a as a skeletal structure for what will be the progression system, I think it's really strong. It feels good. Uh, it feels like Blizzard. You know, it feels like Blizzard is is involved. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that, they know progression like about as well as anybody else. And um, there's nothing about it I don't like. I quite like it. Um, lots of cool little references to other games in there. There's some emotes and stuff that have to do with Hearthstone and some other cool stuff to unlock. And I, I, for whatever reason, that all, that all seems great. And it doesn't seem like, yes, there'll be a shop for you to spend this in-game currency, but there's no confirmation that you'll also be able to spend money on in-game currency to then spend on loot boxes. I don't think that's been I confirmed I think they mentioned all. it. I think they did mention it. Did they confirm that? I thought that was like a, mm, maybe. I'm 82% sure oh, they confirmed. A very specific percentage you got there. I like that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, the the turret meta in the game, which hadn't really occurred to me in all my solo queues, but when I was playing a bunch with friends, including Dills and stuff this this past week, uh, it was very plain, especially in some of our higher higher skilled play games, that uh, Bastions and Torbjorns are kind of killing it right now and killing it in a way that will probably get tweaked. Well, when you're defending, yes. So yeah. when yeah. you're defending like Hollywood, say, uh, you throw a couple of Torbjorn turrets up in some good spots and maybe a Bastion, and then you put a bunch of guys up front who uh, get supported by those turrets, essentially. And it's just a very, very hard nut to crack when you have to stand on this spot for a really long time. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, it's... there's ways to go around it, and we found plenty of them. I mean, we had a bunch of matches where we just owned face, and the other team could never get on our point. And then we were like, okay, well, they're going to do the same thing. So let's build around that and actually, you know, deal with it. And throwing a Reinhardt in there and having him protect your soldiers while you, you know, kill the turrets uh, works really well. So, yes, it's the turret meta. And it sucks for people who are like, you know, random queuing because they're not going to have the teamwork that we were having. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, there is a way around it. I think that's a lot of people are missing that part of it. Mm -hmm. But no, it, it sucks for random queuing for sure. We did have, there was a pretty amazing game. I, I, I think it was King's Row. And we were losing bad very early on and losing time too. We were very, you know, barely making it to each of the, each of the um, expansion or the extension points. And we ended up winning that game purely on a creative, how do we stop this, this turret meta? Yeah. And we did it. I think that's the one you're mm -hmm. referring to. And it was amazing. 
Like we had a couple of games. We had one game where I switched to Torbjorn. Yeah. Or sorry, I switched to to Reinhardt and literally just was walking down the middle of the hallway and everyone was just getting behind me. They didn't have an answer for it. Turrets. And yeah. there's and there is an answer for that. But because they were all being turrets and trying to play up that turret defense meta, they they lost. And yeah, well, and they didn't they didn't switch back. You know what I mean? Like right. we altered and they didn't and it worked. And then there's like a couple other games where I think there was one where I like just dove in with the diva and dropped the giant bomb, and it was you know there's lots of like little things you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a matter of recognizing that it's happening mm-hmm. and then changing what you're doing. Like running in one at a time as soldier is not going to do it. Nope. So <laughs> you see a bunch of people doing stuff like that in random queue. Yeah, it's super. So it does. You just describe why I love the game. Go ahead, Patrick. Go ahead. I, I'm going to rain on your parade a little bit here. Um, the what's happening now is exactly what happened at the beginning of the beta back in October or November. Mm. Um, basically, it's exactly what they were trying to address with these changes mm-hmm. um, for uh, Bastion and Torbjorn, uh, because the problem was uh, and still is those two characters are incredibly difficult to deal with when you're a new player. And uh, as they were saying, when you're a little bit more experienced, you just know what you need to do and they just don't stand a chance. So they, uh, the, the first part of it is, was, is really interesting to me. They were trying to make it a better experience for the new players because it's not just that you're losing, it's that you're losing and you feel like there's nothing you can do, and it's very frustrating. So that is absolutely the kind of situation from a game design standpoint that can frustrate your players into just leaving because they don't want to inflict that on on themselves. Um, And what is uh, uh, too bad in this situation is that they specifically uh, did the changes they did to address that, and it seems like it hasn't really worked at this point. I would, th- uh, I would now, say, I don't know. Though. I, I don't would say more on the so more on the Torbjorn side, though. More on the Torbjorn side, because I feel like Bastion is easier to deal with. I have a much and, less hard time getting him out of the out of the way. Than look I look at the chat room. Look at the chat room. There, there's been at least a couple of people or three people who are saying, "Please, no more turrets. That's super annoying. Turrets are so bad; they're broken." Yeah, that's and that's the feeling. But I'm not well, saying it can't be say, countered. They, oh, no, look, I think Google Fiber, doing. you're silenting. Oh, weird. I don't think it's him. It must not be him. That must be Skype. No, so I, well, I think they're not. I don't think they're necessarily only addressing the new players. I think more of it was, but in, in higher level play, no one picked either of these characters because they're too easy to do with. So that's the other side of this that also has to be recognized. So, yeah, they they maybe didn't fix it for new players because new players are just not going to be able to like, you can't just fix it for new players mm-hmm. otherwise you're like making broken terrible like you know you would have to like basically make bastion not bastion to make it just like oh it should be easy for a new player to figure out what to do like no i don't i don't agree with that mm-hmm. i think a new player should realize like oh running in one at a time that's not what i should do and that they should get punished for that so that they eventually go like that shouldn't be what i do okay i shouldn't be running in like by myself and trying to take on a bastion. But what they did change was they changed the fact that in the higher level play, nobody picked bastion and nobody picked Torbjorn because good players were like, Oh cool, whatever. I just go behind you and I kill you. Super simple. Mm -hmm. So that half of it has been dealt with. I think you are going to see bastion and Torbjorn at at higher level play. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I think they did do is overtune it slightly for the new players. So I think it's weird that bastion uh, has all this help and then has like a no cooldown heal that they can use whenever they want. Uh, I, I would like to see maybe a cooldown on that heal. And I think with the Torbjorn, maybe 
uh, like a three or four seconds between when they can make their turret level one and level two. And right now you just drop it and instantly make it rank two mm-hmm. and then like run off. And it's like, that's weird. Like, why do I have to even like, hammer it to make it rank two? I always make it rank two. Mm. But maybe like have a little bit of time where you're waiting for it to build up and then you go back and you make it rank two and then it's a little bit stronger. I'd be, well, there is yeah. some changes yeah, I think they I, could make for the good the new players. Yeah, but. I, I'm willing to bet what they, they, they made a pretty broad stroke with these changes and I'm willing yeah. to bet they overtuned, overtuned on purpose. So sure. that they can dial it back incrementally. But I want them to be. I want those two heroes to exist in high level play. Me too. And the yeah. way they were before oh, no, absolutely. would not. You know what I mean? I, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I'm not saying they should nerf them to the point that they wouldn't be valid. Of course, I'm just saying that if, if for me the fact that they aren't they're so frustrating for new players is an even bigger issue because um the new players are just not going to hang around if if that's what the games uh, if those are the games that they're presented with when they first play it's basically as you were describing it you just run in die run in die and even you know i'm not a new player i think i've played quite a bit out of the the initial beta and still i get that level of frustration Mm-hmm. very often and it's like the one strategy that works in defense all the time you place three turrets and it's very very difficult to deal with and i think what you're describing deals is absolutely the case they have overtuned them quite a bit i mean that heal on bastion is is pretty large and he has 600 hp in turret mode that's more than any tank or maybe as much as the biggest tank and like three quarters of it is, is armor, which counts like for uh, 150% of life. It's insane. Uh, same with, with uh, Torbjorn. It takes him two seconds to uh, increase the level of his turret to level, uh, to level two. And he doesn't need scrap anymore to, to do the turrets. Plus mm-hmm. the ultimate which now the ultimates, I think they come around a little bit too fast in general for the game. I'm guessing they're going to they're gonna tune it down just a little bit. But his ultimate makes it level three instantly for the duration of the ultimate, which is 10 seconds 10 maybe. Seconds, yeah. um, and that means that, you know, if he can get one every two or three minutes, he can, if you have two or three of the, of the turrets, you can really shut down an entire area. And I honestly don't think it's as simple as just get everyone behind uh, um, behind Reinhardt, behind the shield, because with three turrets, even Reinhardt's shield is going to fall in less than 10 seconds. So it's I, I really think it's more than just, you know, learn to play. It's the game has to be va- valid at lower levels of play. And you ch- you can't just tell people, uh, you know, learn to play. You can tell people learn to play oh, when I it's can. like I can do whatever can, well, I want. You can <laughs> tell, yes, of course. <laughs> but if you want to, if you want a successful game, you also have to make it reasonable. Like telling people do the objective. You know, get on the on the payload. Mm-hmm. I think that's reasonable. Uh, you you can tell people I don't know uh, have a. a, a, a composition for your team that makes sense you can have six support that is you know a reasonable request for new players uh think of complex team strategies if you want to have any chance of not die instantly and have the most frustrating experience you you'll ever have in any game i think that's a little bit too far so they will have to address this yes Yeah, but I, I, it's I like agree. four days into the beta, beta being back, and that is true. The meta well. will adjust, and the thing is, is once people go like, 
Oh, everybody always just turtles up with turrets at at this point. We've now I've seen it a bunch of times. Uh, everyone else will go, yeah, okay, so now we all junk rat, and like that's what's going to happen. Uh, you know, yes, I agree that you don't want the new players to be totally frustrated, but you can't you can't like have your cake and eat it too. Like you want to make a team based game where team based strategy is how you win. You can't also then be like, oh, and by the way, if you're not very good, we've also made it really easy uh, to beat any character. Like you, you also you have to like have like this exists. Yeah. No, but those are the only two. Game. They're they're the only two characters that are like this. I think mm-hmm. it's 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 clear. Yeah, so, but then issue. you limit your design. Like we can't have characters like this. Then I guess. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, I'm I'm know. not saying I'm not saying they they should completely overhaul their designs. It's just that this creates a situation that they have to think about and adapt to, and and maybe tweak them a little bit more. Guaranteed. Um, yeah, that's why it's beta. But I don't think it's a huge tweak. Like I was saying, like take away the self heal. Mm-hmm. Being off maybe. cooldown, give it a cooldown. Uh, give Torbjorn making his turret level two a, a small cooldown as well, and that's it. And you fix them, I think, because yeah. the fact that Torbjorn's turret becomes level two right away, it limits his play. First of all, he makes a turret, then he immediately sits there and hammers it. Uh, so rather, like it should be like I make a turret, then I run off and I do stuff, and then I come back to my turret. So it's like turret management plus playing. Yeah, uh, and then like you don't get these like. Torbjorn highlights where you just see a guy hammering his turret and like that's the highlight of the game you know it's like it's stupid uh <laughs> no, but, i agree and, but you know and then stuff like make the other tanks maybe slightly stronger so that reinhardt isn't like the only answer because it sucks when you you're like oh, i'm winston i'm great against snipers a turret no i'm not, i'm not good against the turrets like <laughs> and so when the turrets happen you're like stuck to react with only one way yeah uh, i would like to see more answers so i call that i call that a monkey melt them. by the way you're melting monkeys when you're when you're <laughs> yeah. that because they just fall apart than just nerf them like buff a couple of other characters too because like mm-hmm. imagine a zariah could you know shield somebody in the shield like really effective mm-hmm. and they run in there and kill that turret you know things like that there's a lot of ways to answer this that aren't just well i have a, i have a trick yeah, that no, i use I, I have a trick that i use i just want to throw it out there as a little tip uh if you've got somebody to do i mean it depends on where you're fighting and what the rest of the composition of both teams look like. But if you're in a place where you can distract a bastion, specifically a bastion strategy, distract him, that may even mean dying for it, but being the thing he's shooting at while you come up from the rear or the side or where he isn't looking, uh, or at least where he isn't shooting as um, uh, fatty there, uh, uh, a roadhog, mm-hmm. do his chain pull. Mm. That now pulls, it didn't used to, I don't think, but it pulls bastion out well, of siege mode. Shield. Oh, that that's right. Problem, that's yeah. right. Now it pulls him. It not only pulls him to you, but it yanks him out of siege mode, which means he is vulnerable as all hell and back and, and not shooting anyone. And that for like an extra second or something now. Yeah, it's, it's really a great good. it's a great counter to that. I, I don't think it's very effective when there's also two Torbjorns doing their thing in the same room. But <laughs> That's the issue. Yeah. But I think the turrets lock on a little bit too easily mm-hmm. to the yeah. point where like even the snipers who should be able to easily deal with a Torbjorn turret Sometimes you step out and the turret's on you before you've actually aimed at the turret. Yeah. And that's a little, like it should take an extra half second for that turret to actually get to you. And I think to, uh, ultimately, uh, again, again, we agree, Dills, in, when it seems like we disagree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is exactly what's happened in the initial beta. The turret seemed way too strong. And after, mm-hmm. I would say, about a week, it settled down and really people were knew how to deal with them. So overall, the 
game, you know, the player community, it was even less difficult for the new players because you would always have someone who kind of knew how to deal with it and who would go and do whatever needed to be done. Yeah. So it was it was toned down quite a bit that that frustration. You'll so, see the natural yeah. ebb and flow of this where once it's learned how to be dealt with, people don't even do it because they're like, well, I did it and then we just lost. We all switched yeah. to Bastions and then we lost. So I guess I won't do that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Well, like the four monkey about the thing new, the new doesn't mode, work though. as much anymore. Oh right? my gosh, the four monkey thing though, when it does work, is just about the funnest it's thing boring. you're going to do. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, uh, yeah. What about the mode? The okay, mode. let's talk about the mode. So there's a new mode. It's a, it's a control mode that I was unsure how it would be. I figured it'd be like just like everyone else's King of the Hill mode, where you just stand there, and if you got kicked off, they'd take it over, and at the end, it would add up who held it the longest during the time limit. But it doesn't work that way at all, and I really like the way they've handled it. I have a couple of issues with maps, but Generally speaking, uh, I think the implementation is really cool. So there's these two maps, and uh, Nepal, and I forgot the name of the other one, uh, Tower, uh, Lijiang Tower, Lijiang Tower, and they both, they're both really nice thematically. I feel like Nathan Drake's hiding around some corner in the in the Nepal one because that thing looks swear it looks like an uncharted level. But it, but anyway, when you go to these these control points, you leave this shuttle, and you go to defend this control point, and uh, you have to do this for three rounds at three different control points to win or best of three. And when you run in there and you take the thing over, there is a capture time first, which is faster the more of you are there and less so if it's just you. Uh, so that's very, people are going to be used to that if you play this in TF2 or other, other games. But it will capture the point and then a ticker starts counting from zero to, to 100, 100%. It's how long you're holding it. And the longer you hold it, the more that ticks up and their side isn't ticking up. They can come kill you, take it over, recapture it, and now their side's t- ticking up. And there's this back and forth kind of pull, push and pull that happens that I didn't expect to get from that mode that I really, really like. And the fact that it's three modes or three rounds and three different spaces on the map is super, super cool. So I am generally pleased. The only thing I don't like about it, I think, at least I think this, is that it's always this kind of small room where the capture point is. So there's no air in there to breathe. It's just like. Boom, 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 we're dead. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, we're dead. The thing is, the thing is, uh, what a lot of people don't really understand at first, I think it's starting to shake up a little bit um, in as people learn those maps. Um, you don't even need to be on that point for it to keep being yours. Uh, you don't have to stand on it forever. Um, and in the, in the matches I've played uh, in the past day or so, there were a lot more people uh, getting out of that point and trying to make sure they could... T- uh, flank the the team that was incoming to avoid them even getting into that uh, that that area of the map so i think ultimately in the next few you know days and weeks uh it's going to become less of an incredible chaotic uh, royal rumble of six you know 12 players in that same room hitting on each other or hitting each other that would be a different thing <laughs> That would be cool too, though. Another yeah, mode yeah. for uh, Valentine's Day. Winston um, making the moves on uh, someone. Yeah, not good. Yeah, it was Zarya. Mm. Seems like it. Uh, by the way, she's awesome. I've, I finally c- cracked her open yesterday, and she's awesome. Holy yeah, crap, she's fun to play. She's actually really strong too. Once you actually learn how to yeah. time her abilities right, because she you know, builds the energy and she becomes really, really powerful. Yeah, her uh, her it, stuff is sweet, and her grenade yeah. lob is just adds a little spice in there. I yeah. love it. Oh, Pat- Patrick is right. A lot of people, I think, are still figuring at, that out, that, you know, standing on it isn't the best thing to do. You want to capture it, and then you kind of want to protect it 
from the exterior, like kind of set up a perimeter and figure out where they're trying to enter from and still try to get these choke points on them. Uh, but I, I think the problem I'm having with it is that it feels restrictive of like the other maps you, you start playing and then you move around the map and you see the whole map and it's all that kind of stuff. And here you run from the starting point to three different locations and then you stay at those locations basically. Uh, and I would rather see it instead of broken up into three rounds, just all one round, but you know, capturing two out of three still matters. But when you finish the first one, you just run to the second one from there. Mm -hmm. And then teams could have like strategy where they're like, oh, we're not going to get the first one. Okay, go get set up on the second one. Mm -hmm. And then they move to the second one like early. Mm -hmm. And then the other team is like, okay, well, do we leave someone here? And it could be some really interesting play, but also you'd run around different parts of the map that right now aren't being seen at all. Yeah. Um, I think and maybe that, the maps are made for this, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, I would like to see it a little different. Well, it, would, it would be fun, and I think it might happen at some point, and I think it might tweak. They might tweak them because it does feel, as you were saying. But I, I think the reason they didn't go that route is that it would have felt a little bit too much like the existing capture, uh, mm -hmm. you know, point capture maps. Mm -hmm. Maybe have two of them available at the same yeah. time. Here's or, here's my prediction, and and I and I really believe this now after messing with these maps. I think Nepal especially, and I and maybe in the other one, but you know the the snowy map with the giant robot. Um, that was in the beta, but then that was out of the beta weekend, but then it was in it. Now it's in again. Volskaya, maybe? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it's all snowy. And mm -hmm. you, you start out. Yeah, Volskaya Industries. Uh, that's the one. Uh, that map, if you think about it, the first capture point, A, is exactly the shape and size of, a, of this round-based capture stuff we're talking about. And if you move to the next, on your way to B, which is that far one, there's another space right there that is the same kind of arrangement, the same size and dimension of what those capture points are. And if you get to actual B on that map mode, that space is very much like a place you would have your third round on. So here's my theory. I could be wrong, but I think not all maps, but some of these maps are going to be multi-mode functional. And I think that you will end up seeing both Nepal and the Tower one. Um, the Japanese oh, thing that. one. Those are going to both. I love that for competitive play too. I'll you bet those play... are both push maps at the end of the day. I'll oh. bet you money. They may not have vehicles. You know what I'm saying? I but... don't know because the the issue is um, for those maps, the the uh, the control maps, the new ones. Uh, all of the points are uh, at the same distance for yeah, each distance team. Teams, yeah. Yeah. Whereas the 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 previous point maps like Voskaya, the reason, uh, you know, there's a, uh, it's more difficult for the defense team to, to, to defend it at first because they have a long way to go if they die. And that makes it exciting because the, the attack team can, you know, yeah, but you're, them you're, down but you're assuming, you're assuming the shuttle, you're assuming, yeah, you're assuming the shuttle doesn't land anywhere they decide uh, to have it land in that mode. Uh, that's, maybe. that's well, if you my notice the checkpoints and the other ones, you have new spawn points, right? So they, it's, it's, they could definitely just move spawn points around. So yeah, uh, it already exists in the game. I think it could happen. And I'm not saying that they will for sure, but I think that they they should. I mean, why not? Get more mileage out of each map. You're like, ooh, I love the version of this map that's push, or I love the version of this map that's capture the whatever, you know. Um, and that's the other thing I think the game needs. I think it needs a capture the flag mode or capture the something mode. I'm a huge fan of that. Defending somebody as they're running back with something is one of my favorite things to do in the world. It's yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff too because you you'll build comps around it. You know, you'll mm -hmm. you'll say, okay, get Winston will capture the flag and we'll all protect Winston and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. I, I love the way this game is set up already. There's so many possibilities within that because of the fact that you can continue to alter and you know 
counter and recounter and all that kind of stuff. It's just really, really cool. But this new mode but, gives me hope that they've got some cool ideas up their sleeve because yeah. this is handled in a really way I didn't see expect. The whole map. That's, that's the problem that I'm having with it right now. I'm seeing like my path to a small room, my path to another small room, and my path to a third small room. And like I'm, and all the paths are pretty similar because we're coming from the same starting point. Yeah. And I, I want to like get to the one and then move through the map to the second one, through the map to the third one, and uh, just see the whole area. I, I have no idea what it looks like from the other side. Essentially, it does know? feel a little compartmentalized, a little bit too instanced. Yeah. Maybe is a good way to yeah. put it. Um, but yeah, we I think that they're going to expand that stuff. I mean, I, there's too many cool assets in there not to. That Nepal map is gorgeous. It really is. Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing. I feel like I'm not seeing very much of it. You yeah. know. Um, any other general thoughts now that we're all back in? I've not had this much fun in, in since the last beta. <laughs> I'll say this. General thought number one, this game is definitely, again, Blizzard has made a game that shines when you're playing with people over voice talk. Oh, yeah. uh, I would recommend everyone just try out the in-game voice talk. It works really, really well. Uh, it's not obvious how you switch between team and party. There's two channels, essentially. Uh, party is the people you've invited to your party. So if you just want to talk to your two buddies and, you know, not douchebag McGillicuddy, who's in team <laughs> you know, telling you that you suck, yeah. then you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, and then of course there's also teams. So you can talk to all the, all the other people. Uh, but really do that because I have heard from people who are playing solo that, uh, they feel like there's, you know, people are already starting to crap on them. All that kind of stuff is happening, which is going to happen in any game really. You can't really avoid that. It's the beta, so there's not as many douchebags out there, but there are going to be some. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just even if you don't know a lot of people who play, like try to find some some people. Maybe try to make some friends when someone plays good. You know, shoot them a whisper and ask to join them. And once you like get that going, where you're playing with a few other people and you can figure stuff out together, come up with ideas together, uh, try to counter what the other team is doing. It it really becomes a, a rich experience. In a way that it doesn't when you're playing by yourself, and it's so, and it's uh, really that. that feels really special when you're pulling stuff off as a team in that game. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, it's just it's visceral. It takes me back to my Quake days and Unreal Tournament days in a way that no other game has since then. And it's similar uh, feeling it. to Heroes, but even like more intense because of how just crazy fighting is. You know, fighting mm-hmm. is just so intense in this game. Yeah, it's it's way and then your ability to change things up. It's really it's really pretty special. The only thing I would add to that is that they did add a versus AI mode, and it works really mm-hmm. well. Um, it, the, the bots are actually kind of smart. Uh, there'll probably be some sort of slider for how difficult they are in the final game. I don't know. But if you are looking for a way to get familiar with maps, see what these characters do at their basic level, more so than even heroes, these are. I think this is a better experience than that because, A, that everything's shorter, but also uh, they behave really smartly. I, I forgot once... With- Real people on your team, though. Uh, you you do there's, so. There's there's different yeah. ways you can do it. You can do just you and a bunch like like heroes. You can do you and a bunch of AI everywhere, mm-hmm. or you and a human team. By default, it's you, a human team versus uh, a computer. Yeah, there, and, there's and, basically the tutorial, which is you know you have the tutorial thing, and then training, mm-hmm. which is uh, you and bots versus bots, and then you have the versus AI. Uh, thing which is just like heroes when you play versus a correct yeah okay. and we and we had and, a, you know there were a couple of games where i could tell some of the players were new and you could see them actually improve over the match i think there's less of a because in heroes it's kind of a problem if you get too used to the ai then you're not going to know how these these unpredictable humans are going to react because they're not reacting in the predictable way you're used to it feels less like that in here there's a little bit more randomness to it um 
I don't know why, but shooter bots have always been pretty good. Like they're, I would say for those who are in the know from back in the day, they're, they're on par with unreal tournaments bots, which were really strong, uh, examples of good AI in a shooter. So I think that stuff is all right. Yeah. Patrick, it's any, really cool. Uh, if you're worried about, you know, looking like a noob to have an option that allows you to get used to the game. And I think you progress, don't you? You know, you get XP in the versus yeah. AI. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Yep. All right, Patrick, any other thoughts, sir, you want to add to this? Um, well, yeah, that versus AI thing is really cool. I mean, in in Heroes, it helped me tremendously get into the game, as, I, as I've reported on here many times. So I'm happy it's in there, too. Uh, but the other thing, which we didn't mention, which is awesome and absolutely amazing, especially for us non-US uh, uh, and America's people, oh, yeah. is the fact that um, the progression is carrying over from each region. So apparently the feature is gonna is here to stay. I really hope it is. But you can start playing in in the EU region, then jump on to the Asian region, and you're ha- you're gonna have the same uh, character progression, the same items, the same everything, and same thing with the US. So that I really hope not only that it works well enough for them to use it in the in the live game, but also that at some point it carries over to other Blizzard games because holy poop. That Bell.net uh, region lock is ridiculous, and we've said this many times on this show. Mm-hmm. We can maybe we're seeing an end to this, and that's incredibly exciting to me. Yeah, it's good. Uh, we should also mention that quick or sorry, custom match has an insane amount of options now. Yeah, it's like mutators uh, up and down that thing, man. Yeah, like I had no idea. When we started, we just we're doing those six on six custom maps the other night. You can turn off and on heroes. You can increase or decrease the like the the time that it takes to build your ultimate abilities. You can like headshots only. You can do all sorts of crazy stuff in there, mm-hmm. which is just super cool. So you can make these games against your friends with just insane, dumb, ridiculous rules. You can you can crank up how quickly your ultimates hit, and it can just yeah. insanely fast. Or you, you can turn them off all the time. Just yeah. constant ultimates. Yeah, you can, you um, can turn them off. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. So much fun to be had with stuff like that. So I'm really happy that that. That is part of what they're doing because a game like this, I think, just the more you can do, the better. You mm-hmm. know, just just give it to us all. Let's, yeah. let's players just go wild. Let's and do have some wacky time. stuff. It's almost like letting us mod the game without modding it in a way. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I very, love it. Was very happy to see that. Um, some of it's a little confusing. There's some UI stuff that I think they need to work through. This yeah. is beta still for sure, but it still feels better than most released games. Yeah, hit your O to switch voice chats. Yeah, <laughs> good lord. Not intuitive. But. Yeah, and if that still doesn't work, check your options to make sure <laughs> voice chat didn't accidentally toggle off because that was stupid yesterday. Yeah. Uh. Scott couldn't figure out why he couldn't talk to us. Yeah. Turned out he had turned it off. Turned off chat. Must have totally done it by accident because I don't remember doing it at all. I was just with the, on the, with those guys like earlier. I don't know what happened, but. That was so dumb, and I was ready to blame the game, but none of that stuff's very intuitive yet. Um, no. I'm sure that'll come as they refine this, but uh, yeah, I probably said all we can say about Overwatch. The game is great and continues to be great, and outside of a little bit of frustration with some uh, you know, tower turrets. meta. Yeah, turrets. You know what you ought to do, Patrick? You ought to get into a custom match and turn both those characters off, and then nobody can choose them. You can ban I mean, them. If you can ban, if, like once we get to competitive play and there's bans, uh, it'll be interesting to see what pros actually think about this. Yeah, if each team I doubt gets... they're going to ban Dash, and they'll probably ban somebody else. Yeah. Well, well like, obviously, ideally, <laughs> ideally, you don't you don't ban anyone. Um, yeah. Or I mean, any character. Well, I wouldn't want to. 
I, I hope they yeah. get to a place where they don't in competitive play. Like they I'm don't sure they ha- will. They I'm don't sure. have to adopt that, I guess. But if they decide they don't to, have to, but it's in- well, I think it's interesting. It has another wrinkle of strategy, right? Yeah. You try to take away like once, uh, like obviously there's no character picking because mm-hmm. you can switch, you know, freely throughout the game. Character banning might like have, you know, just on this map we ban this character. That's a little bit of strategy we can do going into the match. Mm-hmm. And then the match is like liquid from that point on. Sure. Right? So you could say, uh, Team A, you get to ban, you, you get to pick first because you won the coin toss. And they say, all yeah. right, well, we're going to ban. Like the draft in. in yeah. Sure. Yeah. So we're, we'll ban but Bastion. They know one player on the other team is really good at Genji, right? Yeah. So it's like we ban Genji and then, you know, hopefully we can whatever. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what direction the community goes with the competitive play. We're Dills, still away from that. Dills, you had me at ban Genji. <laughs> To be honest, <laughs> he's so damn like good, and I suck at him so much. Me too. And just like why? Me too. I can't die, Genji, like that guy, Genji. Him, him, and the robot, the uh, the robot Karazim. What's his name? Uh, uh, Zenyatta. Zenyatta. He and he and uh, Genji are both just such high skill cap players. But, I'm just terrible know, at him. It for me, it's the the snipers. Uh, Hanzo, I can manage a tiny little bit. Uh, Widowmaker, I just contribute absolutely nothing in any game I play with her. But Genji. <laughs> Uh, just, just you know, get my hands on Genji, and holy crap, I'm gonna decimate everyone. Well, maybe yeah. not. That might be baiting it a little bit more. F Genji. I do okay. I do okay. Yeah. F cool. Genji. F Hanzo. F both. F those two brothers back into the prehistoric time. They're terrible. I mean, they're great, but I'm bad at them, and they kill me a lot. So thanks, guys. Thanks, brothers of uh, same mothers. Uh, all right, <laughs> we're gonna uh, quickly rip through a couple of. <laughs> I don't know what I said. <laughs> None of that made sense. <laughs> Well, hello, friends. This is Scott here, talking to you briefly about our sponsor today, Audible.com. All the audiobooks you can stand in this world are right there. And they're amazing. Have you used Audible before? Before? I have. I use it all the time. It's great. It's a great way to consume those Christy Golden books. She's a great author. Does a lot of WoW stuff. Uh, did you know that now the Harry Potter series is also available via Audible? I mean, I'm going to admit something to you here a little bit. I'm a big Harry Potter fan, and they sound like this. The boy who lived. Here you go. Just a taste. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four Privet Drive were proud to say they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. All right, that's Jim Dale narrated that. that. He's amazing. Uh, What an incredible narrator he is. And that whole series is up there now. They didn't used to have them. Now they do. They've got that and so much more. You want to get a free 30-day trial on us? It's simple. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash wow and get that today. That's audiblepodcast.com slash wow right now. So here's this. Hear ye, hear ye. Why, it's the town crier. <laughs> here's how this works. You guys send us phone calls and emails. The phone calls come to us at 801-471-0462. Or you can email us the instance at gmail.com. We have one of each. Let's find out what this person has to say about WoW. Hi, guys. This is Kuchelaine from the Silverhand server. I was wondering, what have you been doing um, to keep yourselves interested and engaged in the game beyond raiding recently. From- so, whoops, that's all, for some reason his call got cut off and that's all I had, but I assume he went on to sort of detail what he meant, but um, I'm having a really hard time pl- even playing WoW. I just can't get into it. We've talked about this a bit before uh, at length, so, I, you know, it's kind of a redundant question, but I don't feel 
like there's much for me to do right now. And I know there's plenty to do. Um, I can't wait for Legion. I'm so super stoked about that game and the movie and everything around Warcraft. I'm always jazzed. But I, I just can't bring myself to like raid. I, the grind yeah. isn't interesting to me right now. I think in, in every MMO, there comes a point where you're sort of wondering why you even logged off. Uh, logged on i mean well logged off as well but that you know when you wonder why you logged off it's the beginning it's the honeymoon period and it can last a few years but eventually you log on and you wonder why you did that you you realize that you don't even really want to go in a dungeon or go in a raid or and i really think that if you get to that point it's okay to step away and just you know, wait for the new content to come. And at that point, you'll come back. And that's definitely where I am right now. I'm not really trying super hard to find stuff to do in WoW. Um, there's an intermediary stage where you you want to refresh the game for you, and that's fine. Um, you know, go try something you've never done before. If you're a super PvE person, try and go PvP. Maybe you're going to find it fun. Um, maybe immerse yourself in the crafting aspect of it. Maybe go and do uh, some pet battle. There, there are so many elements of the game that there are always going to be something probably that you haven't tried before uh, and maybe you're not gonna like it but you could try for me though uh, i've been I, i'm not really even trying at this point i'm just waiting for for legion it's yeah. not worth you know there are other games that can take up my time uh than a game that i know inside out and i don't I, it, it's the same thing that it's been for uh, a few months without new content so. yeah and don't yeah it's it's so easy to hear us say these things and it's easy for some to equate that with oh well they they hate the game now. It's not. I'm not even close to hating WoW. Like I, I, no. I, no, of course I, I revere it as one of the most important aspects of my gaming life ever, and will continue to love WoW until there's no WoW to play. Um, but as it turns out, I think Blizzard was way ahead of the curve on this. They knew that this was going to be the curve at 10 or 11 years, and they knew how how important it was to build up other properties, other genres, other games within the same universe, even. To hold our attention, to keep us in the in the ecosystem, yeah. and they've I'm done it. I'm actually going to say that same exact thing. That this, I, I've heard this from a lot of people. Uh, I got tweets about this, like where people are like, "Well, what are you doing to keep yourself interested?" I'm like, "Why do we need to stay so engaged, like throughout the periods where we're not? Like, why do we have to force it on ourselves if it's not really working? Can't you just unsub for a little while, go do other stuff, and then when the when the next thing hits, you come back and you come back without this kind of negative feeling that the game has given you over the, you know, it's like you come back just excited to play WoW again. That's fine. If you're feeling like it's hard to figure out like what to keep you motivated, then maybe you're just not motivated right now mm -hmm. in this game. And it's okay to go do other stuff for a while yeah. and wait until Legion. That's yeah. totally fine. Don't it, force this on yourself. Yeah. It man. doesn't mean you gave, it doesn't mean you gave notice and and you can't it's <laughs> yeah. like it's not this it's, it's not that hardcore you just say yeah. i need to be doing something else right now and then just i'll come don't back sit to it. down to game and have it suck for you because this is supposed yeah. to be the fun time in your life you know mm -hmm. like you you go to work you go to whatever you don't like it that sucks you got to be there and then when you go to game don't feel the same way like don't sit down and be like <laughs> i gotta be here this is what i have to do oh garrisons okay Put in my work now, yeah. punch my clock. You know, it's like, no, just make sure that whatever you're doing when you sit down to do your free time is enjoyable to you. Yeah. Really important. And, and believe me, WoW is still going to be there when you feel like playing it again. I mean, when Legion is going to hit, 
it's it's gonna be back and you're gonna have a whole other continent to explore and whole new things to do and a whole new you know year to get into endgame and do those hardcore dungeons and raids and all of it and it, it's gonna be there it's not gonna go away anytime soon for the next 10 years there's always gonna be new content at some point you know within the next year for you to look forward to so and there'll be somebody yeah. there to go can't believe you're not playing Overwatch every five minutes now because you're playing WoW again. Like we're gonna hear it on the other side, so it's just yeah. fine, everyone. We we are. Malden in the chat room, by the way, says when you take a hiatus, you come back and everyone is gone. Makes the game harder to enjoy. But but if you're not enjoying it while you're there, it's like that's the only reason. Like that doesn't seem like a. No. Like, there's no perfect solution here. Well, and but like, the the perfect solution. Well, what I would say to him is, and this is I know this isn't gonna be true for everyone, but that same group that I am connected to and have been for so long. And, and wow, we're all doing this other stuff too. So, yeah, yeah. so we're all kind of connected as we go through a new season in Diablo, as we play the new expansion in Hearthstone, as we go mess around in what's happening in this beta or whatever, you know, we're not leaving and yeah. we're well, not, everybody gets that, but yeah. And I understand that it's not the yeah. same for everyone, but the but, thing is like, you can't put everyone like, can't cryogenically freeze all your friends and be like, all right, I'll be back in wow in a little while. Like you, that would you be awesome. That to, would be awesome. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> you may have to come back and make new friends. You may have to find a new guild that might happen. That is just the reality of the situation. It's not, there's not a perfect solution for this where, Okay, well, I want to stick around and not have fun for a while, just so I don't lose my friends. When you know, but you might lose them anyway. They might leave. Yeah, you just got to deal with the way it is, and you just keep adapting and and just do what's. But again, just make sure you're having fun. Yeah. Whatever it is, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, so. and I don't think it takes much of an analyst with 2020 vision to to look at Blizzard's situation right now and be impressed with what they did. There are lesser companies who would right now still be thinking that they need to tie everything possible to the wagon that was their big success and hang on to that for dear life and do nothing but that. And if they did that, they would be really struggling right now. This would be a company in flux. They would lose their top talent. They would be in a place of really weird, uh, hold on just because you think you're supposed to. And I think there's something to be learned from that as a gamer too, that, you know, don't mire yourself into something because you think there's some weird overlording expectation that if you if you leave you're a traitor or you're a no i don't know. think that's what i don't think that's what this gentleman is well saying. he's not he's saying just, that no no i'm i'm yeah, I, yeah i'm exp- i'm extending this a little further than that reach but yeah yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. He, yeah he's, he's just asking the simple question but what i think you know kick this off is that we get this question quite a bit now from a lot of people and it seems like people are trying to force themselves to continue to play wow yeah. and whatever that reason might be i'm sure there's lots of different reasons for it but yeah um, you know, just just chill out, man. It's fine. And it's the, just the idea that Patrick and I and you and anybody in the states or overseas can play Overwatch together, and that that's going to be a thing we can count on in the future, that it's not region locked, uh, has me. That brings me new hope that maybe all their games might eventually follow suit. I don't know why they I don't. Could, I really hope that uh, Heroes gets that. Oh, I'd love I that, I would love to play Heroes. You know, as I've mentioned a couple of times, I spent like a hundred bucks in Heroes <laughs> in the past couple of months. Yeah. So please make <laughs> it so I can take my awesome collection and my incredible Vala to to... Oh, I guess I already have it. No, wait. I don't have a Diablo license on uh, the US, so I don't have Vala. 
Oh. Although she's cheap, maybe I can I can level she is her cheap. up. She's cheap. She's cheap. We don't mean that in a pejorative anti-woman way. We mean she is like really inexpensive. Yeah, right maybe now. I can do that and, and play Vala with with everyone. I would love to play with Patrick and Heroes, and that's my whole point: is that maybe if this is Blizzard's new method, maybe this guy and others, well, the guy in the chat room specifically, will find more friends in a broader yeah. player base. You're having trouble finding friends. Join AIE. Like we're there's there's inclusive communities out there. Yeah, uh, we've we've been talking about that forever. If you listen to the show and you haven't joined AIE yet, and you're complaining about how you can't find friends, yeah, you haven't taken the correct uh, action. Yeah, like that's and we're doing a lot more than playing WoW. But if you're looking for a WoW team, that there's a yeah. ton playing. We have what, how many separate seven or eight separate it's guilds? Still, yeah, like eight sub guilds or whatever, totally full of people. Um, it's like that is still going on, and still like I could log in any time, and the green wall is still the green wall. It is it is going by yeah. real quick. So, uh, you know, it's like. You can't just wish that friends fall into your lap. You got to go out and find them. Yeah. And uh, in this in this type of a situation where it's like gaming, you know, you got to go out and you got to join guilds. You got to put yourself out there. In our guild, our guild, you could literally walk into the green wall and you could say, "Hey, I'm new here. I was wondering if anyone wants to go to uh, Stranglethorn Vale with me and my uh, pet monkey and uh, and role play mm-hmm. with me for the next three hours." You'd so find we'll like ten people go. I'll go. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. And then once what, you plug into that community, then you go into every other game, and there's the same community of people, and it's awesome. And you're suddenly you're never never alone. It's kind never of the, it's again. kind of the greatest thing ever. So let's get the let's get more French and Finnish people over here. That's all we need next. <laughs> uh, we got an email. Not f- enough French. Not enough French. We got an email from Craig who wrote in and says, "Hello, instance crew. Short form question: What would it take to get you interested in WoW esports?" Long form question: Since BlizzCon, I found myself getting more interested in WoW esports. I bet Holinka loves hearing this. The production yeah. from uh, Blizzard and the latest C- uh, GCD Pro League has been fantastic, and the knowledgeable casters make it a bit easier to understand what's going on. However, I admit that the chaos makes it hard to follow sometimes. Since I've heard little to no ex- uh, discussion about WoW esports, what would it take to get you interested? Do you think uh, you would enjoy it more if it was about Battlegrounds instead of Arena? Thanks, gentlemen. Love the podcast. Uh, I, that's a great question. It is, Craig. I mean, you could ask that of the broader esports audience. Why isn't? Why aren't more of the world interested in arena play? Well, you could see it on display at the last BlizzCon when you went to the Hero stage, to the Hearthstone stage, to the StarCraft stage, and then the WoW Arena stage. Uh, just the huge disparity in interest between WoW esports and the rest. Um, you know, it was like a madhouse at all the other stages, and there was plenty of open seats at the wow one and it and it's it's for very like legitimate reasons it's hard to follow what's happening mm-hmm. in arena play even for people who know what's happening it's hard to follow because each individual is doing so many complex things things like you know fake casting and stuff is really really hard to display in a way that makes sense to someone else right. but it's a huge part of uh, what's going on in the wow arena also the fact that you know there's basically like one mode which is a death match is maybe a little bit uh, hard for some people to really wrap their head around and get into. So I think you have to improve. The, 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 the improvement on the casting and all that stuff is a huge deal because it, describing what's going on to people in a way that makes sense while still uh, having it be interesting for people who do already get it is, is a tough balance to find. Mm-hmm. I think that people are doing a lot better at that. But I think it's really going to come down to if Blizzard wants to make that amazing, they're going to have to really get intuitive with the spectator client because uh, it's, it's going to have to try some things that aren't being tried in other esports. Well, that'll make or break uh, Overwatch's ability to be an esport as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's the same but, you know, problem. Counter-Strike has already worked 
and worked with like a simple like we follow a guy around and we see his view until he dies and then we follow someone else like it's actually okay because uh, people are super into the game sure but if you're not into the game it, it doesn't it's not intriguing to you at all so how do you intrigue people who maybe don't know yet i think is the question Mm-hmm. And it's not an easy answer. I think you have to get intuitive and do something different. It's also like, well, what are these guys doing? Well, they're fantasy archetypes in a room big enough for yeah. four on four. And they are, what are they doing? I don't know. They got flags and they got yeah. a, somebody's doing something. Like it doesn't, Explain it doesn't have an analog. matchups is important and the compositions I think is important. So maybe that could work too. Like bringing people more into what the sure. players are thinking and the strategy behind them. It's definitely a challenge though. Patrick? But I think he's asking what would, what would uh, get us interested and and for me, maybe some a little bit more visibility, but he, because even me, who knows the game very well and who knows what's happening on the screen, I have a hard time understanding what's even happening during a, a WoW match, a arena match. Um, so I was kind of like, well, maybe there isn't a way to do it. But I'm when he mentioned battlegrounds, I thought that might be easier to follow, and that might be a little bit more. Uh, you know, noob friendly, esports noob friendly. So maybe that could work. Um, but on the other hand, I, I'm not a big esports watcher to begin with. So maybe I'm not the target. For me, it's, for me, it's just I have a limited amount of time to watch a bunch of esports. And, and so I'm watching the ones that intrigue me the most. I know what's happening in Arena, but I don't find it as exciting as I do watching um, yeah. Heroes matches or a Hearthstone match. Actually, I kind of find Hearthstone matches really boring, so I don't watch those either. So I, <laughs> I spend a lot of t- I spend a lot of time with Heroes matches, and I watch Counter Strike matches, and I see even watch some League matches. Even though I really don't like League as a game to play, I do like watching competitive League. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it's all about why can't more people be interested in yeah. hockey than they are in football in this country or soccer in this country, like they they yeah. are with American football. I, I don't Sometimes know. Sometimes they might just exist in there. That's their slot, you know, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, I, I do think, though, that there is something about WoW Arena that, first of all, it's hard for the viewer to, to follow along, but also it's kind of like this, oftentimes it's this war of attrition. It's just like slowly over time, you wear down the other team's resources and eventually, uh, you know, catch somebody kind of out of position, and that's really what turns it. And it's it's tough for the viewer to really see that big turning point. You know, it's uh, think of, same thing with hockey, where it's like, yeah, well, there's a lot of like this small movement or, or soccer for Americans. There's a lot of this kind of slow attacking, slow attacking. Then all of a sudden somebody actually like does something, but it's hard to keep the interest in the in-between times, right? So while you're watching someone just CC a Druid forever, that's not very interesting. And then finally it gets really exciting when someone almost dies and you get a perfect like interrupt off or something. Mm-hmm. That's hard to translate to somebody who's not into that and who's not thinking along with the players. So it might just be that, wow, PVP, if they're going to only do arenas is always going to kind of exist in this, lower tier as far as esports is concerned and that isn't necessarily a terrible thing it just is what it is battleground idea maybe that does something maybe it shakes up i would enjoy that to be honest if you told me they were going to do that i would watch it yeah Uh, again objectives right you're watching somebody mm -hmm. carry a flag that makes more sense Mm -hmm. than watching somebody like fake cast something and then someone else like miss their interrupt and that swings the tide that's what actually happens in arena right like somebody uses their interrupt up or they have to use their trinket and that's what turns the tide. Like, oh, he trinketed. We're going to win. And it's like, that doesn't, that's not exciting for no, other people. No, it's not. It is for some, obviously. There's a hardcore sure. base, but it's just, and yeah. Blizzard's not like Blizzard's not trying to make that more interesting. But, but watching somebody run a flag and they're trying to stop him and kill him and stuff, for, I could t- definitely see that. Oh, yeah. 
That'd be all right. Um, if you have thoughts on how they can improve uh, interest in the wow side of esports, let us know. Again, you can email us, the morning stream at, that's the wrong one, the instance at <laughs> gmail.com uh, or uh, 801-471-0462 for the phone line. I think it's going to do it for us. Uh, big show today. Uh, lots of stuff going on. As always, if you want to know what uh, Patrick's up to, not Patrick on Twitter, and Patrick, where can they find your shows and uh, anything in particular going on right now you'd like to mention? Uh, if you want a general gaming show, you can go to frenchspin.com where uh, Garrett and myself recorded the latest episode of Pixels. And uh, if you want more details about Overwatch and uh, even going more into a, a bunch of new stuff that's happening in the beta, you can listen to Overwatchers, which we recorded yesterday, uh, which is available on amove.tv, Garrett's site. So amove.tv and frenchspin.com is where to go. Sure. Uh, Dills, how about you, sir? Uh, well, you can find me in about two hours at Deadpool, um, and you can find <laughs> and you can find me uh, all the time on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash wheeliedillssf. Um, now we've got the fiber, so the quality is up, mm-hmm. and uh, last night's stream was, was super crisp and clear, so uh, I'll be streaming a lot. Check me out, Overwatch, probably for a while, Hearthstone, Heroes, and all that. Stuff. Yeah, you'll probably catch us all on his stream occasionally playing... Um, Overwatch during this beta that we tend to all sort of gravitate uh, mm-hmm. together and it's so much damn fun. I don't even know how to describe it. It's so much fun. Yeah. I haven't got to go play very soon. Yeah, Patrick's probably going to go do this all night when we hang up. Here. Yeah, you, we, we, uh, you know, the only thing I could think about when you kept bringing up new topics to discuss <laughs> in this freaking podcast was like, you're taking away time from my Overwatch time. That's okay. right. All right. It's a fair point. Patrick uh, needs multiple podcasts where you can talk about Overwatch. He really does. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you all for lo- joining and listening to us. We really appreciate it. Theinstance.net is the website. You can get all your subscription info there. You can get it wherever you get podcasts. It's all free, of course. More shows like this. Frogpants.com. Follow me at Scott Johnson. Willie Dills for uh, Dills. Not Patrick for Patrick on Twitter. And the show at Instance Show. It's going to do it for us, for me, for Patrick, and for Dills. We'll see you next time. Bye. Cookie crumbles badly for small statured salesfolk. It's the Overly Dramatic News. I'm Hunts the Wind. The depths of winter are, paradoxically, a time that many residents of Azeroth look forward to with great anticipation. Why, you may ask? Is it the fireworks of the Lunar Festival? Or the upcoming romance of Love is in the Air? For some, perhaps, that's true. But if you look at calendars in homes from Stranglethorn to Winterspring, from Teneris to Tranquillan, odds are you'll find written in big bold letters the phrase, Gnome Scout Cookies Go On Sale. The purchase and devouring of these sweet treats has become an annual tradition, which started when a small band of gnome children began baking and selling them to help support their families after the destruction of Gnomergon. From those humble beginnings, a massive empire has grown, with the actual baking of the cookies now subcontracted to the Night Elf baking conglomerate run by the Keblar family. But not all are obsessed with cookie consumption. The company recently tried to expand into Draenor, hiring a small warlock firm to produce a cookie with a crunchy brimstone shell surrounding a gooey green filling. Sales have been, to put it mildly, disappointing. When contacted by ODN, the gnomes blamed poor market research and advertising. As the spokesgnome said, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Broadcasting across all Azeroth, I'm Hunts the Wind. Check out the archives at OverlyDramaticNews.com or follow me on Twitter at Hunts the Wind. 
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.